Hello, everyone. <clears throat> we are so happy to have you with us today. And this is going to be an interesting time of uh, worship together and sharing in this message uh, of the story of Babylon not told. So we hope that everyone is uh, all geared up and ready to listen to the word. And if you haven't had a chance, uh, you surely do want to uh, get onto the uh, blog. Uh, it's a tr tremendously interesting teaching there that you'll want to get into. And also there's a new um, uh, uh, new post in Star Eyes on that collection of uh, blog-like uh, rights or writs. So uh, we uh, have got all kinds of things going, and we're uh, going to get right into this. We're going to start from the book of uh, Genesis. So turn your pages in the Bible to Genesis chapter 10. So this is Jerry Lee standing in for the Manifester. And we are ready to get it going. All right. So uh, in the book of the... Um, of chapter 10 and, and actually I believe I will start with chapter 11 and verse 1 and and of course that can be a senate docky which means there's other things to add here to make it complete the whole earth was of one language and one speech and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Sinar, and they dwelt there. Now, I have often shared with people in my teachings, especially in the book of Revelation, uh, especially in many other kinds of, uh, of revelations that I've gotten into, I've shared how that the Bible is not necessarily in chronological order. So a good example of that is if we look over in uh, chapter 10 and uh, we read uh, verse 20. These are the sons of Ham after their families, after their tongues, in their countries, and in their nations. And, uh, and then we find that again in verse 31. Um, these are the sons of Shem after their families, after their tongues, in their lands, after their nations. So there is the pretty vivid indication that uh, these particular offspring uh, spoke in their own tongues, had their own countries, their own nations, and this is just an example because these verses preceded verse, uh, verses 1 in chapter 11 of Genesis. So obviously, sometimes you have to go backwards. You don't, you don't, you must not get to the idea that just because something in a verse or a chapter or the Bible is, is uh, placed in the written form prior to another statement that that means that historical wise and chronologically wise that it comes before uh, the other statement that is just absolutely not the case uh, you really have to put all of these uh, scriptures together uh, by, by the Spirit. And I think that that is probably one of the greatest problems that is um, 
that exist on earth as related to understanding the Bible and understanding the scriptures. Um, <clears throat> people are really caught up in the idea that if you have a, a, a really excellent uh, um, language background, uh, Hebrew, Greek, uh, some of the ancient languages, and believe me, I'm all for that. I, 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 I believe in knowing those good languages. Uh, but but uh, let's make something very clear. Just because someone out there has a whole bunch of degrees on, the, on different languages doesn't mean with all their perfect understanding of Hebrew, Greek, and, and, and other ancient languages, that they can understand the, better, uh, the Bible better than you do. Because the way that the Spirit of God, by the Holy Ghost, um, allows us to understand the Word, uh, it is quite different than how the Word is many times written. And so uh, when we looked back in all of the various cases uh, where men of God uh, like uh, Joseph and Daniel and, and, and many other uh, persons of God had the, um, the gifts of being able to, to know the mysteries of God, uh, they understood those mysteries by the Spirit. And, and, and the thing that would always be said about them was the spirit of the, of God, the gods or the spirit of God dwelt in them. So people recognized it wasn't just science. It wasn't just, uh, language, uh, capabilities, uh, but, but the knowing of the deep truth, the understanding of what the word, uh, really meant, uh, could only come by the operation of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And so once you begin to understand that, it will put you on equal uh, equal level with anybody else, no matter how many degrees they have or how many degrees they don't have. Uh, everybody has access to the Holy Spirit uh, who desires it. And and uh, once you, you get the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is your comforter. Uh, it is able to lead you and guide you into all truth. It is able to restore your memories. Uh, it is able to look deep within you and reveal things about yourself that even you do not know because it deals with the spirit and so uh, it's very very important like as from this example we just gave you and let me repeat it for any late persons getting on chapter 11 says and the whole earth this is in Genesis the whole earth was of one language and of one speech that's chapter 11 but if you go to chapter 10 in Genesis verse 20 uh, these are the sons of Ham after their families, after their tongues, in their countries, and in their nations. And so we can see that even in uh, with the sons of Ham and their families, that even among uh, the, the, the groups that, that had uh, very close uh, family associations, that there was tongues, there was different dialects. And, and, and that is repeated again in verse 31, these are the sons of Shem, after their families, after their tongues, in their lands, after their nations. And that was written prior to the statement in Genesis 11, verse 1, and the whole earth was of one language and one speech. So unless you understand this in, in, in a, a way of looking at the Bible, that it is not necessarily by any means in chronological order, uh, that it's not even historically in chronological order, 
that there are, are that are things put in here as people received the word as the Bible says by the Spirit and then they wrote them so uh, many many times we have to understand things like inversion we have to understand uh, things uh, like like um, uh, understanding them from, from the mystery standpoint or the parallel standpoint uh, if we don't have those understandings uh, and we don't get them from the spirit then uh, we're just out there on a lost plane and that's the fact okay let's go on uh, you know um, it says the whole earth was of one language and of one speech that's chapter 11 Genesis and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there so now we understand uh, that there is a land of Shinar. And so Shinar is not just some simple little, um, uh, you know, a curve uh, on a road. Uh, it, is, it is a land. And now <clears throat> we'll come back to, to the scriptures over here. But now let's go back to chapter 10 in the, um, in the book of Genesis. Okay, here we go. Chapter 10, verse 6. And the sons of Ham, Cush and Mesraim, and Phut and Canaan, and the sons of Cush, Seba, Havilah, Sabta, and Reamah, and Sabtacha, and the sons of Reamah, Sheba, and Dedan. And Cush beget Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kalhaned, and the land of Shinar in the land of Shinar. So we understand then that all of these different um, uh, parts of his kingdom, see, in the beginning of his kingdom, now that's important that you note this and that you note this thing about, um, about, about uh, uh, Nimrod, that, that he had a land, and, and this land was Shinar, and there was all of these other uh, uh, cities and, and, and districts, <coughs> and they were all a part of Shinar. <coughs> so, um, very, very important, <coughs> excuse me, to captivate that whole thing, uh, because it just so connects with so many things, and you are going to be quite interested in all the revelations I want to share with you today. Um, <clears throat> okay, so we've got uh, the sons of Ham and Cush then being the father of Nimrod. And Nimrod is a mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, the way that seems to make it sound is that Nimrod is on the side of the Lord, on the side of God. But actually, that is not what that means. And uh, it is quite different than that. 
uh, he was um, out to prove something, uh, just like Lucifer was out to prove something. And he did this right before uh, God and before the Lord because uh, he was very cocky and very sure of uh, his capabilities, his wisdom, his knowledge, his skills. And um, uh, he, was, he was not a person who uh, was a uh, dedicated believer in the Lord. He was a dedicated believer in Nimrod himself. And that's very important to know. And as I read to you, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel and, uh, and Erech and Akkad and, and Kalneth in the land of Sinar. That's just the beginning of his kingdom. He had a huge kingdom. Those are, are big, huge areas that it is mentioning. And yet, all of those areas being mentioned is just, just the beginning of his kingdom. King's Domain is what D-O-M stands for, Domain, it's abbreviation. And so he was a king. There's no question about that he was a king. And that's very important, as you will see as we get into some other studies. And this Sinar is is, is a very interesting, important name, because there is a parable about these two eagles, and, uh, and, and the land of Sinar. Uh, so uh, uh, whether we'll have time to get into that particular part about it or not. <clears throat> now, in this scripture here, as we look at, um, as, as we look at, uh, at it, uh, in verse 6, the sons of Ham... And and it lists on down and then and and Canaan. Uh, it's, it's very interesting that Abraham uh, ends up being sent from Ur to the land of Canaan, and and how that there is a um, a, a tying together, a, a linking together uh, of all these families that were were uh, divided into uh, different groups and different lands. Uh, but that uh, God was still using those people in the way that that God chose to use them, so that He had a work in Canaan, uh, He had a plan in Canaan, and and uh, and uh, He understood things um, uh, that humans could not perceive because they did not look into things in a spiritual sense Uh, and the Bible says that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and it would be really beautiful to understand uh, the, the meaning of that and 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 God uh, help me in time to be able to share that uh, for you uh, because it is a teaching all of its own but there are higher levels of perceiving there are higher levels of receiving and and all of those levels uh, have to do with with having you know that that higher understanding and so when Paul wrote and said let us press on toward the mark of the high calling that was a beautiful script that was a beautiful verse that was a beautiful saying and revelation to Paul all right now uh, let's go on here a little bit and let's let's take this name uh, Nimrod Uh, it has the name Rod in it and and uh, I've done Oh, lots and lots of teachings over the years. I've, I've got books on the subject of rod. Uh, it can be a staff. Uh, it, it, it can be, you know, all kind, even a wand. Um, 
it, it can uh, it can be you know many 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 things uh, other than it can even be it can even be the a tree. Uh, that name is a very versatile name, and and um, uh, so uh, it is a powerful name. Nimrod is a powerful name, and this name was given to him. And we we want to ask you know who is this who is this Nimrod? You know why you know he's the one that uh, he's the one that began uh, Babel, and um, and it says it right here in the tenth verse. There's the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and um, and it, it makes a person wonder. Well, you know, uh, was it after that the um, the languages were destroyed, uh, as far as having the same the same uh, uh, language and understanding of language, uh, that um, the name Babel came into being, or did Babel actually exist because it was a revelation and a plan uh, before any of these things would uh, would happen or, or could happen or did happen? So um, we'll, uh, you know, explore all of that. But um, in my Bible, there's a middle uh, 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 separation where it gives... Uh, various scriptural references and various information and so on the word Babel here in the 10th verse of the 10th chapter uh, it it says um, uh, or Babylon so we see that that Babel actually was a short pronunciation of Babylon and that's important because our 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 message here today is about the story of Babylon not told, and we need to understand that Babel was also Babylon. That that was the, the short pronunciation of Babylon, and and it's um, important to just piece by piece get these thoughts in your mind so that we can. Uh, unscramble a lot of things that shouldn't be there and we can put into a firm foundation some things that need to be there okay so uh, when we look up the word Nimrod in the concordance uh, there are some very interesting things that stand out uh, one is the word uh, to filtrate now if you put an I-N in front of that considering that these are very old terms to infiltrate that creates an extremely interesting episodic interest that should be looked into. Definitely should be considered. Definitely, definitely should be looked into. <clears throat> and we're going to do that. So, you can find that in the Hebrew, uh, Strong's Concordance, um, number 5248. Uh, connected to, uh, you know, the roots connected to 5246. So 5248 and 5246, uh, Hebrews concordance, the Strong's Hebrew concordance. Now, don't lose your place in Genesis. But if you were to look in the book of Jude, Jude is the little short uh, book that's not much more than really being a chapter. Uh, just before the book of Revelations. And there is a scripture in verse 4 in Jude, and it says, For there are certain men crept in unawares, 
who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we have scripture, and that is not the only one, but I can't take the time to read all the mentions. But there is something that is absolutely important for God's people to understand. There are, on this earth, and there have been for ages and ages, there have been infiltration into the human race of ancient beings that have taken bodies for the sheer purpose of uh, perpetrating uh, into the things of God and, and, and bringing them to naught because they are agents of Lucifer Satan. And as we begin to understand that these agents uh, have been alive from times far into the past and they are alive today, and they, they, they're not, you know, you don't need to say, well, I think that, that the Antichrist is just now born and, and that, um, we'll be finding out about him. Uh, you know, the Bible clearly says there are many Antichrists. And the word Antichrist only appears two times in the Bible. And, uh, and it always is in the plural, not in the personified singular form. And, and, uh, so only the false prophet appears in the um, the personified singular form. And, and most of the people are calling the Antichrist, uh, who really is not the Antichrist, but who really is the false prophet. But that's another subject. I, I've mentioned it before. I don't want to get into that right now. But to understand this is very important, uh, and and uh, there are many Antichrists. There have always been many Antichrists against the anointed Messiah, against the anointed ones of God. And they have done all they could do uh, to war against uh, the the uh, uh, people of God and, and uh, the uh, ministries of God. And that has happened from the beginning of time, and we're going to show you some of that. And we're going to show you how that there is a war that is going on and, and it, it, it continues to go on and we need to understand how to deal with that and, and um, uh, last week uh, I shared uh, from the book of Ephesians so don't lose your place in Genesis we've got to skip back and forth here some but I, I shared with you from the book of Ephesians a very important uh, scripture that uh, cannot be looked at, at lightly uh, we ha- we have to uh, really um, uh, consider what this scripture says, and as I mentioned that, that to you, it was chapter six, verse ten, and it said, uh, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, and put on the whole armor of God, that He might be able to that ye might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil." So our war is with the devil, for we wrestle not, you know. We, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that are called Christians, that are called religious groups, that are zealots, uh, that, that, uh, need to, that if they're going to say that they believe the Bible, they need to just repeat this a thousand times so they really get it into their head. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
And they need to say that over and over and over and over and over again. But against, we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, when you're putting on this armor of God, verse 13, you know you want to put on the whole armor, but it's about enabling you to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having your loins girt with the truth. That's, that's, the, kind of, that's the kind of armor we're talking about. You want, you want armor uh, so that you know how to protect yourself? You've got to have the armor that allows you uh, to be protected from, from darkness and evil and ignorance. And, and, uh, and that has to be um, the, the, the wisdom and the knowledge uh, of the truth of the Word of God. And that, that is very, very important to understand that. Now... While we're on that subject, and this is a scripture uh, that uh, I did not read uh, last week, but it, it is just uh, <clears throat> it is just an awesome scripture. And uh, I turn to Second Timothy uh, two three through four. Second Timothy two three through four, and let me read that to you because it is uh, an awesome scripture. Okay, 2 Timothy 2, 3 and 4. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now you see, you can be a soldier of Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean uh, get a, a group of, of uh, personnel together uh, with guns and go out here and start shooting people that you think are evil. It says, no man that warreth, now come on, hear this, verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Now I want to tell the people, out there who are preachers and ministers who are entangling themselves with the affairs and the politics of this life that that is 100% against the word of God 100% against the word of God no man that warreth no person who is who is a soldier for Jesus Christ and is, is uh, being girt uh, with the armor of the truth is going to entangle themselves, and that is a perfect word, entangle is right, uh, with the affairs of this life, uh, that, he, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. If you want to please God, if you want to please the Holy Spirit, if you want to please the call of ministry, then you must not, cannot entangle yourself with the affairs of this life that have to do with all that rambling and, and, and the warfare of politics and, and, and the, the doom and the gloom things that are constantly uh, preached to you uh, that are not what God is dealing with and not how God is going to solve the problems. It is not part of the solution. Okay, I hope you understand that. That is very important that you understand that. Okay, so uh, we let's go back now. We got that. We laid that. I did not. Uh, I did not give you that scripture last week, but I wanted to give it to you because uh, you know it, it it ties into this whole thing. So now we see from the fourth verse of Jude that there are agents uh, that, that they come in unawares. People are not aware of who they are. Not aware that they have infiltrated. Uh, uh, the human populations, the the um, uh, the uh, the offices 
of the nations. Uh, but you know that kind of thing does happen. You know some of these some of these. Um, infiltrators are walk-ins uh, when a mind of a person reaches a certain point uh, that uh, they are susceptible then uh, this spirit uh, is able to walk into that body and begin to control it and and uh, it, it becomes uh, the chief of that body and the name that that person had has no relevance to who that person has become and so it, it is it is a extremely interesting uh, note and we're going to we're going to we're going to get into this uh, this infiltration thing. Uh, one of the other um, symbols that is found in these same verses uh, is the symbol of the leopard. Now it's very very interesting that the leopard was one of the chief symbols of of Rome, and that. Um, it is also tied in, uh, in, in, in a very uh, definite sense here, uh, with, with the name uh, Nimrod, who is totally tied into to, uh, being the uh, creator of, of Shinar, which includes uh, Babel, which is Babylon. And so uh, there is some very important things there, as we read in the 13th chapter of Revelations and the 7th chapter of Daniel, and we read about the, the leopard, uh, how that, that, as I explained to you before, that these symbols are used to represent different nations, which are a part of the four nations, of the four uh, families, or four, four kinds of, uh, of human beings, and that these uh, four kinds of human beings, you know, they, they become nations, and they become strong and powerful and they have symbols that represent them and uh, but they don't last forever Rome lasted a thousand years but they don't last forever oh they're still around as a poor nation but they're not that that empire anymore and um and Britain is not that empire anymore and maybe one day uh, uh the United States will not be the empire that it is now. Uh, right now, it's still an empire, and and uh, uh, you know, don't take anything away from it that that it has until it hasn't got it. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's just uh, let's con consider this thing that that uh, uh, thousands of years from now, uh, a nation can rise up and become this this leopard and then uh, that nation can fall away and another nation uh, maybe thousands and thousands of, of years after that would take up that symbol and become that nation of, of the leopard or of the lion or of the bear uh, that is just the nature in this time time and a half times uh, uh, time times and a half times that, that is going to go on for the 70 to 80,000 thousand years uh, and you know and before this whole uh, Abraham's bosom time of the covenant that was offered in the 105th chapter of Psalms and um, that was verified in the book of, of Galatians that this covenant could not be broken it was forever it's the Abrahamic uh, uh, covenant the Abraham's bosom covenant so um, that's not our sermon today but we've got to throw some of these things in because they have a tie-in so now we've got a layout. We've got this infiltration. We've got this leopard symbol. We've got the Babel, Babylon. Uh, we've got the land of Sinar. And let's go back to over here to chapter 11. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Sinar and they dwelt there. Um, 
Obviously, when it says as they journeyed, there's a group of people, families of people. It's not just Nimrod. Uh, there are people that are in uh, to that family, to that group. And they said one to another, um, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they, they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar, for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven and let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now it's very, very interesting that prophecy that was given right there in the fourth verse. Uh, let us do this because if we don't do it, we may end up being scattered scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. But it's interesting um, that that uh, um, in the ninth chapter of this eleventh verse, after they have been scattered, it, it says, uh, therefore uh, is the name uh, of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So the thing that they feared came upon them. The thing that they feared, that they didn't want to be scattered abroad, they wanted to be able to be kept together and become, you know, strong as a, as, as a nation, or nations, actually happened to them. And the very thing that they were doing when they were building uh, this uh, gigantic tower, uh, you know, became defeated by something that happened. Now, um, we're going to come back to this part because, oh, does it get interesting. Does it get interesting when we see what really happened there, when we see the story of Babylon not told. But before we do that, we've got to skip backwards in into Genesis. And we've got to look at, uh, at something here uh, that has to do uh, in Genesis when uh, there was a war going on. Uh, and uh, we're going to see who all was involved in that war and what this this was was about um, so uh, here we go uh, the, the the book of, of uh, Genesis and uh, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, read here uh, let me just find it Genesis 2:11. Okay, just before I, I get into this, this war, i got to give you this one scripture here. Genesis 2.11. The name of the first river, and verse 10 said, And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into, uh, became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison. That is it which compasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Now, this is extremely interesting, and just before we get into this war thing, we want to talk about this, because um, this, uh, this term Havilah is connected in the uh, uh, genealogy and the lands that have to do uh, with, with uh, the offspring of, of Cush, uh, it includes such persons as, as um, you know, uh, Nimrod, and 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 later is connected to the even the king of Babylon. So, in our teachings of the manifest, we teach that that these rivers represented uh, people. 
And uh, we've given lots and lots of scriptures. I mean, there are so many scriptures that prove that the term uh, uh, water and river and 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 etc. Uh, uh, represent is part of the Bible language. Represents uh, represents people. Seventeenth chapter of Revelation, uh, when it was interpreting the waters that the woman sits on, says these are nations, people, tongues, uh, kindreds. Uh, so that was interpreted by the angels. And so if the angel is interpreting it by the Holy Spirit and by God, uh, it's telling us that, you know, when you when you have these symbols like rivers and waters, uh, they, they often stand for, for people and for nations and families and tongues. So here we have this first uh, uh, Pison, which first puts it into uh, a very high high uh, elevation of relevance and and uh, and we we teach in the manifest that that uh, that these these were a pre-adamic people they were the the pisons and we call them the bird the bird men and uh, the the name uh, Havala means to twist or to turn and and there's some very interesting latolution uh, that is in, incorporated in the meaning of that. Now, interesting enough, that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, when he degenerated and began to go backwards in his genetics, he went all the way backwards in, in a series of degeneration until his body began to transform and change and contort and uh, hairs grew out on him like a feather and nails grew out like, like bird claws and he is associated with going all the way back in time to becoming the bird man just like the bird man that used to live when it was very uh, ancient prior human uh, prior soul man uh, type of, of beings and and the example there is is uh, uh, never connected that this literally happened to him and he stayed that way till seven times seven passed over him uh, and he recognized who God really was and who God was not and and then he was healed and he began to regenerate and come back to the form and the mind that he had before he he degenerated to becoming that bird man so that has uh, you know some very very important relevance there that cannot and must not uh, be be taken lightly it it is uh, definitely um, definitely involved uh, you know uh, in a very important uh, important sense okay now um, in the the fourteenth chapter of Genesis. Um, there was problems way, way back in time, and uh, and uh, there was um, different kings of these different nations. Uh, in the first verse, it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar. Now, since we know that the king of Shinar is Nimrod, especially in this timing, and that Nimrod is still alive, <clears throat> then we understand that Amraphel is another name for for uh, for for um, uh, Kimrod, or Nimrod rather. 
and and that this Amraf fell. Uh, it's important to see this name because at the end of this name, there's an E L. So that E L stands for God. And now we know that Nimrod, uh, under the name M. A.M. Uh, there's something here he's trying to make a point of. Uh, Raphael, Raphael, uh, making himself a god, was the king of Shinar. And that is, of course, the same person who is Nimrod. So here we're seeing something about Nimrod that... Um, we wouldn't see unless we were a very careful reader and looking by the Spirit to understand it. And, uh, and, and, and he's involved with association of, of other, uh, of other uh, uh, nations and kings. Uh, you know, uh, Arioch, king of uh, Elzar, and, and Chelalamomer, uh, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations. And they made war with, um, with the Bira, king of Sodom, and with uh, Bersha, king of Gomorrah. And they name all these other kings. Uh, and there was, a, there was a great war uh, in the Vale of, of, of Siddim, which is the Salt Sea. So this war was taking place, you know, way down by the Salt Sea. And it shouldn't take you too much geography uh, learning uh, to remember uh, about that. Okay, so uh, there's this this war, and and uh, uh, they 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 defeated uh, the kings of um, of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and these other kings uh, because they those kings had been paying um, and, you know uh, a, a various um, um, charges uh, that was that was put on them uh, commitments to you know to 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 pay uh, uh, money and 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 uh, to support uh, these other kingdoms and then they finally refused to do it and then there was a war and uh, you know th this is the first case where we have a a king who's very involved in commercialism to a great extent uh, he's, he's got this idea of of just of course they're like the mafia in Rome uh, they go into a business and say, uh, "Say, okay, uh, you need protection, and we're going to uh, protect you. You need to start paying us thirty percent on your gross earnings." And the people will say, "Oh no, we we, we don't uh, we don't need any protection. We're fine. We've got the police. Uh, we can take care of ourselves." And the mafia says, oh, "You don't you don't seem to understand. You need our protection. Like for instance, if you don't need it, then maybe you don't need this store." And maybe you don't need to live. I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then the people began to catch on. And the ones that didn't, uh, they got killed or their stores burned and their families assaulted. So uh, this, this uh, uh, Nimrod, <coughs> he was like that. He was distorting. Uh, uh, he was um, uh, distorting uh, the peace. And uh, he was uh, using, you know, a plan of, uh, of forcing people uh, to pay homage uh, to him and, and his associated kingdoms. And if they wouldn't pay it, well, then they would have to face slaughter and then have to face war. And, uh, and that's exactly what happened here. Uh, as when these people decided they just weren't going to pay it anymore, uh, well, okay, then, then uh, he was involved in bringing this war. Well, it just so happens uh, that um, that uh, 
Abraham um, uh, had a brother uh, that was in Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, and his brother got taken. He was captured uh, by these armies uh, of uh, Amraphel, uh, king of Sinar, who was who was uh, you know this this Nimrod, and uh, when he heard that, he began to you know. Uh, Get his army together to go and uh, and to fight against these uh, these armies. Now he was only able to raise three hundred men, but he just decided that uh, you know that that you know he he had to uh, he had had to uh, to go and 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 he had to fight because uh, this was his brother and he wanted to save him. He wanted to at least be able to go in and uh, and somehow rescue him uh, from being captive. And so he took off. Now, what is not understood is that this involved here was a war of powers and principalities. You can be sure that Nimrod knew and understood in his association with the, with the forces dark that the, the, that, the, that the brother of Abraham was in Sodom and Gomorrah. And that he chose the reasons that he did and the timing that he did because he intended to capture this brother alive. And he intended to use that excuse to bring Abraham into the fray so that he could uh, either defeat and destroy Abraham or cause Abraham to submit to his power and to recognize him uh, as, as, as Lord. And that was all part of a, of a diabolical plan that included his being infiltrated into uh, the human plan uh, for the purpose of holding back any of the people of God uh, who were anointed to be great people of God. It wasn't just a minor thing. And Abraham would not have won that war without 300 people. But the thing that is not known, the story that has not been told, is that it was Melchizedek who was a king of Salem. And, and um, uh, this means he was a king of peace. Well, sometimes being a king of peace means that you have to also have the capability to make peace. And right now there was a war going on. And it involved Abraham, a man of God, whom the angels were in contact with, and the brother of Abraham, and for the sake of Abraham, that was a very concerning uh, uh, thing uh, to the great people of God. Well, Melchizedek was on the scene. And in fact, he was the person that when Abraham was back in the old country before he came into Canaan, he was the person that was told that he was to find. And that he was told that that he would, he would find a city not made with hands. And he was looking for that city not made with hands, and the person who was the, the king of that city not made with hands, which is something that came down from heaven and could go back up into heaven again, was Melchizedek. So Melchizedek wasn't just uh, you know an overweight old man priest uh, who with pursed lips and 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 and, and closed uh, hands 
uh, said a little prayer and wish Abraham his best in the battle. Melchizedek, I can assure you, was involved in, in, in the empowering of that whole thing. And Melchizedek was involved in warring by the Spirit, by the Spirit, against, um, against these forces of darkness, against Amraphel, Amraphel and uh, against these kings uh, who had taken captive the brother of Abraham. And knowing that Abraham was out there and the danger to Abraham and, and his people, uh, Melchizedek was involved in sending forth mind power. And he sent forth mind power, and that is why there wasn't even a question when, when Abraham came and paid tithes to Melchizedek. That's why there wasn't even a second thought, because Abraham realized that this person, Melchizedek, was an incredible uh, uh, a person uh, beyond mortal. He, he was beyond the mortal. He, he recognized that, and he, he, he saluted him by paying the tithes to him, which put uh, Melchizedek in this highly reverenced place. Now, we know that there are instances that are told about in the book of Daniel, and, uh, and, and these uh, instances are very, very uh, uh, important to not forget. And this has to do uh, when uh, there had been spiritual uh, interruptions going on, and, and uh, there had to be special help come. Uh, to to uh, to get uh, you know God's people delivered. Let's not try not to lose your place. You're you're uh, you know you're in the 14th chapter of Genesis, but let's go over to Daniel number uh, 10. Let's go over to Daniel 10, and uh, Daniel comes after Ezekiel. Daniel 10, and let's just read something. Now. Uh, uh, in the tenth chapter, Daniel had been uh, praying and really seeking God. There was there were some strategic, important things uh, that had to do uh, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, uh, and and there was things being revealed into Daniel, whose name had been changed to Belteshazzar, and uh, and he was being revealed all kinds of things, but the forces of darkness were also so working and and he was waiting uh upon um, uh, upon Gabriel or Michael to to further verify the revelation but there was there was a delay and what was causing this delay what was causing this this silence uh well in the 13th chapter of the 10th chapter it says but the prince of the kingdom of persia withstood withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Now, what this is talking about was there was this, um, uh, there was this uh, person uh, with, with the dressed in linen who, who was girded with uh, the writer's inkhorn. And, and there's a whole revelation about this person uh, who was one of the sons of, uh, of, of Enoch, uh, and this was Methuselah. Uh, 
and Methuselah had come, and he was he was helping uh, uh, Daniel, and he was showing him revelation because Methuselah. Uh, was a person who was the first person to introduce writing uh, to to the civilized people, and um, uh, when he was trying to do this, he all of a sudden was delayed by mind force, by mind power uh, that was going on by a. a um, a prince of the kingdom of Persia. This was no doubt uh, a, a a prince is abbreviation for a principality, and so this is not talking about a common uh, human. This is talking about a an entity uh, that is a a one of the principalities of the forces of darkness, like we read to you about in the book of Ephesians. And so, as we begin to see this, it's just notably clear how incredibly important that it is to understand these wars that are going on that are spiritual wars and this this prince had enough power that he was stronger uh, in his mind power uh, than um, uh, uh, for quite some time than Methuselah was and he, he delayed him and he held him, him, him back and in fact he was not actually able to break through until one of the chief princes Michael the archangel comes and and breaks uh, uh, the hold that the prince of the kingdom of Persia had uh, in delaying uh, Methuselah. And so he broke that hold, and then he came and he explained it. You know, if, uh, I'm only here, and I'm sorry that I'm late. Uh, you know, but now I'm free. But you know, uh, uh, it, uh, it, uh, it 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 was uh, Michael. And, and in the twentieth verse, you can see that. Then said he, Knowest thou? Therefore, I come unto thee, and I will return return to fight with the prince of Persia. And then I am gone forth, and lo, the prince of of uh, Grecia uh, shall. So there's these forces going on, uh, and and let me read the rest of that in verse 21 now. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael your prince, or but Michael the principality. Michael was one of the archangels, the archangel of the seraphim. And so now we have Methuselah saying, you know, that, you know he's involved with all these different nations, with all this different work. He has a job. He's come here, uh, even though he's lived in the past. He has this perpetual living, and they come. They take different bodies. Uh, they 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 are involved in a war of forces. That's why it's so foolish when we get involved in thinking about the physical wars that happen. Uh, when if we if we could conduct ourselves properly, we could engender enough power uh, to to stop these wars dead or cause the the the, the right people to win, the wrong people to lose, uh, because it is all able and capable of being done by the power of the mind uh, when you are endowed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And here we see this great war that was going on between uh, uh, Methuselah and, 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 and the, the prince of the kingdom of, of Persia and, and, and then how that Michael, the archangel, came in and helped him so that he could uh, uh, break through uh, and, and not be under the charge of, of that 
principality. And that is what we need to be seeking and talking about. And there, there's scriptural proof right there. And, and of course, there's, there's a lot more. But, but that alone is, is well worth examining and talking about because it, it shows us some very interesting things. So back to the 14th chapter of, of uh, Genesis. So Melchizedek, who is this incredible spiritual power, uh, he is not of the seed of Abraham, but because he, he's, he's, he's not, there's no mother or father or offspring that is involved in the seed of, of Abraham because he is a part of the, of the uh, sons and daughters of, of, uh, of Enoch, uh, who uh, are what Jesus described, uh, Jesus described as other sheep, not of this fold and and that's who he is and he's down here helping out God's people and there's this the, these things happening and, and and besides these godly people like like uh, Melchizedek the, or these godly entities I should say like Melchizedek and and uh, uh, like um, Gabriel and, and Michael the Archangel Gabriel the Archangel and and, uh, and, and you know uh, these uh, other great people that that you know can be mentioned uh this is going on but at the same time that those people exist and here's the way it works in the spiritual kingdom uh you know whatever is loosed in heaven is loosed on earth whatever is bound in heaven is bound in earth and uh, whenever a spiritual force is allowed to come in and intervene whenever a spiritual force on the good side is able is able to come in and intervene it opens the door on the contra side, for the evil force to come in with with equal persuasive force, and that is just the law of equilibrium and balance that uh, has been set up uh, to uh, uh, serve uh, a special kind of fairness and justice, uh, so that everyone in the end, when the final judgment of all things happens, will will uh, not be able to say that. Uh, uh, you know that they never had the opportunity. Uh, they will all have their opportunity, and that is what uh, you know it is all about. So now we're beginning to see uh, you know some incredible stuff here, and 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 this is just the beginning, you know, just just beginning, you know. So Nimrod was the great grandson of of, of Noah, and he was the king of of Shinar, and. Uh, and he was also this uh, Amraphel uh, used the name of of God uh, in that name uh, to expand uh, uh, you know recognition and for people actually to uh, you know to 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 worship him that's what he was really after and he he was also involved in uh, a very uh, uh, a very um, extensive uh, campaign of, of uh, commercialism and of, of building uh, kingdoms and 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 associated aligned nations uh, being all put under his uh, kingdomship. So uh, it's not a minor thing that was happening back then. Um, it it um, is is something that that we have to realize in the spiritual way that it, it was and that it happened and that it is still happening 
uh, because if we, we don't understand those things, we are going to be totally not prepared uh, for all that there is coming. Now back to uh, Genesis 11. Now remember, in Genesis uh, 10, uh, we showed you that in the Strong's Concordance, uh, you know, that one of the interpretations of Nimrod was uh, to filtrate, or when you put it in the full term of modern day language, to infiltrate. So he was a, one of those uh, persons as described in the uh, fourth verse of, of uh, Jude, uh, who were the ancients that, that, uh, that uh, came in unawares of who they were. And people did not know that they were being infiltrated by these ancients. Some of them walk-ins, who, who when a body or a person or a life uh, had reached a point where uh, they were susceptible of being taken over. Uh, they were taken over by these uh, forces that would just walk in and take them over. And, and we can see many scriptures, uh, like for instance, the case in which G uh, Jesus uh, cast out the demons in this person, and then this person didn't do anything about filling in the, 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 the space and the gap uh, where those uh, demons had been. And uh, then that demon went out and got seven other demons worse than anything that he was, and came and took that uh, uh, occu that uh, and occupied that space in that person again, uh, only this time with, with seven times stronger uh, evil force in them. Uh, they just walked in and took over because there there had not been the preparation made to to uh, to prevent anything from that that to happen. They had not taken in the things of God. They had not appreciated their deliverance. They had not been thankful uh, of, of God and what it had done. And they just left uh, their whole life open uh, uh, to, to these um, uh, forces dark and uh, to, to uh, the, the various kind of uh, deceit that people just are not ready for. They just don't, they're not prepared for it. They haven't been taught for it. Okay. So, um, in the eleventh chapter, uh, the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Sinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, let's go, let's make brick, and let's burn them thoroughly. And they uh, had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. Uh, it is said that the way that these uh, 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 bricks were treated, that it, it coated them and made them impervious uh, to, to water, being able to uh, get through the bricks. And uh, <clears throat> you remember this was not long after, uh, after the flood. So there were people that, um, that still remembered that horrible, terrible uh, tragedy of the flood and, and the death and, and, and the destruction and uh, the idea of uh, this huge, tall building uh, that <coughs> would be taller than any uh, flood <coughs> and strong enough uh, to stand against uh, uh, these big towering waves had a lot of appeal, and it was the whole idea that, you know, we will not allow God to do to us what he allowed to happen to the earth, to the people of the earth. We're not going to allow that. And and uh, this uh, uh, Nimrod was was a powerful man. Uh, he, 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 you know, uh, his bow and arrow was more than just a bow and arrow. Uh, it... it it had wand power, and with this wand power, you know, there's 
like people talk about uh, divining and, and uh, witching. Well, you, you have the two. One is, uh, uh, is witching, which is, you know, is uh, like uh, a physical thing. And it leans more toward the name of what it is because it's not a gift from God. And then there's this other uh, part of the gift that's called divining, which its intention was to be uh, something that was gifted of God. And the children of Israel uh, are described in the 21st chapter of, of Numbers when they were out of water. And, uh, and so uh, the, the lawgiver, of course, who is Jesus Christ, not Moses, but Jesus Christ, was leading them by the Spirit, for Jesus was, you know, the rock in that wilderness that was going before him and following him. And uh, he was leading them, and they were to, they used their staff, and they would follow the, the motions and the vibration of their staff, and when they followed it to this particular place, then they were showing, now, here, you're, that's it. This it. This is where the staff is showing you that there is water, and they begin to dig, and they begin to sing the song "Spring Up, O Well," you know. And and there has been a song written uh, uh, by that very name. And so it was very interesting that this divining was an act of God, and they found this well with all this water. They were able to to, to water their people, to water their crop, their their, uh, their their animals, uh, and it was all done by a divine action. Very something what similar to uh, Moses and the rock uh, when he found water to come out of the rock except he just uh, did it in in too um, uh, uh, harsh of a a manner that did not please God but it's the same idea and there's other examples so um, uh, this Nimrod he had power he, he was mighty. When it says that he was a mighty man upon the earth, they are comparing him to, to the hundreds and thousands of people that lived upon the earth. And of all the hundreds and thousands of people, he stood out above them all. And, and he was an infiltrator. Uh, he, he was an, an, a very ancient uh, person who had, had uh, infiltrated in, into uh, humankind. And his whole purpose for coming and infiltrating was to block the works of Abraham. Uh, was was to um, uh, turn people away uh, from uh, uh, serving God uh, to believing again in Lucifer. And let me I'll go into more detail in that uh, here in just a little bit. But before we do, let's read more in the book of the 11th chapter here of Genesis. And they said one to another, Go and let us make brick. Okay, in verse 4. And they said, Let us build a city. Now, the city is named before the tower. So the city was important, and and the tower. Now, if they're building the city, uh, they're not exactly expecting uh, that that city is going to withstand that big, huge flood like in the days of Noah. So there is something more to this tower than just the idea of of getting away from a flood and there'd be a limited number of people that can get up there on it although it was it was a gigantic structure there's something more about it uh, some people said well you know they were the Babylonians and they were into astrology and they liked to watch the stars and so forth uh, uh, well there's a lot more to it than that and we're going to get into it in just a little bit here um, and they want the top to reach unto heaven now, these were not stupid people. When they said that, uh, they didn't mean that 
they were going to just be able to keep building until it reached uh, some place called heaven. They were talking about uh, a, a particular connection. And, and they wanted to make a particular connection, uh, so that, that, uh, uh, they could, they could use this tower as, as, as a relay center for that connection. And, and they wanted to make a name. They wanted to make a name. Now, uh, <clears throat> that, of course, that, of course, has a lot of relevance because, um, People just think, well, you know, they want to make a name for themselves, and and they don't think much more about that. But you know, this name that they wanted to make for themselves was not the name of Jesus Christ, not the name of Yahweh or Yahweh was not the name of God, but was the name of Lucifer, Satan, and and they wanted to make that connection, uh, not with with the. Uh, the the, the uh, not with the craft of the angels uh, that were the good angels uh, like with with the cis and 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 the zoots but they wanted to make a connection uh, with with the saps and and so uh, we have to understand this and and this is this is characterized here and it it ties into revelations when it talks about these locusts and and the, the connection that that those people are going to uh, those created people are going to have as a force to come against the people of God and 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 the large number of them that there will be so it's very important that this whole uh plan just carries on all the way back to Adam just carries on all the way through the Bible and it's going to carry on and and on and on and on so when Jesus said hey you know you'll have the poor with you always you're always going to have wars you're always going to have rumors of wars you're always going to have famines you're always going to have men's hearts failing them for fear uh, you know Jesus understood and he says, this is not the end. Now, a lot of preachers are out there preaching, this is the end. We've got famines, we've got earthquakes, we've got all these things. So it's the end. But the Bible never ever said that. And you need to read that Bible to make sure, because I tell you right now, it did not say that. It says, it says that, that there's, this is not the end. This is the beginning. Now, I don't know how we can turn the beginning and not the end into being the end. And, and people out there preaching that. And I think that God is seriously speaking this word and manifesting this word for the people to wake up and, and really see what the Bible says. The Bible says that same veil that was over their, their eyes in the days of Moses is still over their eyes to this time. And having eyes to see, they see not. And ears to hear, they hear not. And that, that is just the most astounding, uh, shocking thing to me. When you can show someone right in the scripture where it says this is not the end. And they say, well, no, this is the end. You know, there's got all these things happen and then that's going to be the end. No, it says this is not the end. Jesus said this is not the end. So when he said this is not the end, it didn't mean this, this, is, it, this is the end. It means it's not the end. <laughs> I hope you're getting that. Uh, <clears throat> so... Um, this, this is an ongoing thing, and it's continued from, from the Genesis time to our time. And it's going to go on and on and on and on, uh, because there are things that has to happen. You know, for, you know, it tells us in Thessalonians, 
it clearly says, that day shall not come. Shall not come. It cannot come. Cannot come. Until there's a great falling away going to happen. And someone says, oh, well, that falling away has already happened. Yeah, I know. Church A has a split, and they have a great falling away. Church B starts getting the people from the split, and they come in. And Church B says, oh, this is incredible. This is the, this is the light of rain. God is moving by His Spirit. Uh, the, we're, we're growing by leaps and bounds. Church A is saying, this is the great falling away. That's not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about something quite different than that. The Bible is talking about uh, the falling way that is going to happen when the son of perdition is put in place. And that that, that son of perdition is not going to be put in place until the fulfillment happens uh, that, that the temple is built again on Mount Moriah, where right now the mosque of the Muslims sits. So you can come up with all kinds of excuses and reasons, but it says, you know, don't be persuaded by anybody. Don't, don't get uh, uh, shook up. Don't let anything bother you about the soon coming of the Lord because it cannot happen until those things are put in place and this son of perdition sits as God, claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be God. And, and, and uh, that's when the great falling away is going to happen and people are going to go for it. They're going to believe that he is the Messiah. And that's what's going to cause the great, the great falling away. And those are the things that are going to happen. And when that time comes that that does happen, there, there's, uh, there's going to be other things happen. Like, for instance, the kind of things, whereas it talks about, uh, in Isaiah, that we, that the humans on planet Earth are going to plant the heavens. We're going to go out into space. We're going to, we're going to begin to, to, you know, have, uh, uh living, uh, situations, uh, on other planets. Uh, and that's it's going to grow and grow and grow. It's going to be, uh, you know, in, in this this incredible um, uh, increase uh, that is happening exponentially of, of knowledge. Uh, it's, it's just going to happen so suddenly. It'll be like when people who were just with horses and buggies, all of a sudden, just bam, they're beginning to be uh, motored uh, vehicles. And, and, and all of a sudden, people could uh, have electricity, and all of a sudden, people have had telephones uh, just suddenly and then that multiplied and multiplied it's going to be even greater and more vast than any of that okay let's go on we're, we're in, in chapter 11 <clears throat> and so they're, 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 they're building this thing now isn't it interesting that in the, the fifth verse it says and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built now, some would say, well, you know, God wouldn't have to do that. God, God would just already know these things. Uh, no, you just don't understand how it works. You don't just understand how that, like, persons that are, that are like Jesus Christ take human bodies and minister in human bodies. And then when he goes from that body to another body, even after the resurrection, he still maintains a, a human body. Because in the universe, uh, to be expressed... Uh, you have to be personified in a physical expression or in a physical vehicle or body or house that's capable of expressing yourself in the same language as that physical realm that you are in. So when you begin to understand that, uh, you really need to understand what we're, what we're talking about. 
So uh, it's important uh, in understanding these things uh, to to consider uh, everything that we're talking about in the fullest sense. Because if we don't understand that, uh, then we get off track and we begin to believe all kinds of things that are just not the case. And the Lord came down uh, just like he went up. As you saw Jesus going up, he's coming back. And, and when he stood on that mountain, the, the, the scripture says that he was taken up. And he was taken up in his death. I mean, there's no question about it. And he went to the Father's house, which is a physical place in this universe. It's not in. It's not in the heaven of heavens. They're not. People aren't going to the heavens of heavens until the end of the universe, when all the universe is rolled together like a scroll. And and that's not going to happen for a long, long time. And I know that might disappoint some of you people, but uh, uh, there's been lots of people going back as far as you can go uh, in the Christian faith, and every one of them thought that Jesus was coming in their day. It couldn't possibly last any longer. Times were too tough, too awful. But they all died, and now you're here. And I hope you're not saying that same thing. I'm certainly not. Okay. And so the Lord comes down in his death. And and he, he needs to do that because he's in his physical body and he wants to see the city. And he wants to see this tower which the children of men have built. And the one thing he also noticed is that the people were of one. They had one mind. They had one uh, commitment, one notion, and they had one language. And, and, and he said, you know what? This is just the beginning of what they're doing. This, this is just the beginning of a plan that, that Nimrod and Satan have in mind. They're having in mind uh, to, to, to have a landing connection uh, with, with, uh, with, with Zams, which are, are evil uh, vehicles from the forces, of, uh, from the forces dark. And, uh, and, and this is what you see here now. Uh, this, big, this big city and this big huge tower that they're building, that's only the beginning of the plan. That's not, that's not the big monument of what they're really after. The plan is much deeper and much greater than that. And, and, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. They've already have a plan. They already have figured out something they're going to do. Not all of the people know what the plans are. But, but I'll tell you what. Uh, there is a man there that does by the name of Nimrod. He knows. And, and, and he's the agent of Lucifer Satan. And, and uh, he's, he has in mind to, to bring about uh, this plan. So it says, um, uh, we, we're going to have to do something about it. So let us go down. And he's going down again. And there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Now, in the manifest, it tells us, in the, in the manifest book that we have not published yet, that what happened is that <clears throat> in their ziths, as they flew over all these people, <clears throat> excuse me, they emitted uh, really high-pitched sounds with special vibrations that affected the hearing in the ears so that their ears were uh, askewed and it, it made it so that they couldn't understand one another. And this is why they couldn't understand 
each other's language because they, they were hearing people uh, different because of the each one having a different effect and uh and 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 because of that they couldn't follow the orders to finish building they couldn't follow nimrod uh <clears throat> that was like sort of like one of the miracles that um that moses performed and none of the uh, magicians could 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 compete they couldn't come up with a, with a solution for that okay excuse me a minute <coughs> Okay, so they were stopped when their hearing was affected, and they could not understand, verse 7, one another's speech, and that caused them to begin to scatter abroad as each of the tribes, because of their genetic uh, um, um, issues, uh, that they were able to understand the language because they had some of the same genetic um, aspects about them that when the the uh, sounding effect happened they all were affected the same way therefore they could understand one another uh, uh, but it, 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 it was bound in uh, like it said in the 20th verse and the 31st verse of chapter 10 uh, after their families after their tongues in their countries and they're in their nations <coughs> Therefore, verse uh, uh, our, our verse eight. So the Lord scattered them abroad, and thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because of the Lord, because the Lord uh, did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Now. Again, I want to use this scripture here to make the point that I made earlier. How that we made the point that in this 11th verse, it tells about the whole language, the whole earth was of one language. But in the 10th chapter, going back from the 11th chapter, verse 1, it shows that, you know, there are, uh, verse 20, sons of Ham, after their families, after their tongues. And in verse 31, there are sons of Shem, after their family, after their tongues, in their lands. Now here, we find out that although it has been mentioning Babel, and as and I made that question, well, you know, is, was Babel actually the name of Babylon? Was this something that was already put into place before? Well, it's, now it clarifies it here. And this is after the fact of it having already mentioned Babel, as if that was an already uh, established name. But you see, you had to go forward in order to go backwards. Sometimes to understand the Bible, you have to go forward. That's why uh, in the Peace um, uh, Bible, the Peace Manifest Bible, uh, we call it a Holy Spirit contextual Bible. Uh, that, that you have to take the whole context of the whole Bible. You can't just take a verse. You can't just take a chapter. You can't just take a book. You have to take the whole thing, and it has to all coordinate, and it has to all uh, be of one understanding uh, together. And if you don't have that, then you just end up losing out on the on, on what the real revelation is. So in, in the case 
as we can see right here, uh, in order uh, to to uh, go back to go understand Babel in the sense of all of its applications, you have to go forward. In uh, pardon me, you have to go backwards. Now, when you go backwards into the book to uh, to understand uh, how or why the name Babel was given or how it started, you have to go forward. You have to go. You have to go after the event uh, to this ninth verse of the eleventh chapter, and then it says, "Therefore, this is the reason. This is why. This is how that the name uh, uh, Babel came to be. It was because the Lord uh, did uh, therefore confound the languages of all the earth. Now we also know from other reading that we did that Babel is also the abbreviation of Babylon. Now then you need to understand that the name of Babylon is a name uh, uh, that was that was created by God. The acts of what God did with with the Lord is what was calls the resultant. Of, of the name Babel, Babel and Babylon of coming into being. Uh, because, because, the causation, the Lord did there confound the languages of the earth. It was actually, the name is actually the name of a miracle that God did, of a miracle that the Lord did. So the name in itself is not a bad thing if we understand when we hear the word Babylon. When we hear the word Babylon, that is the name of a miracle of God. When God came down in, in you know, uh, in the Holy Spirit, in in the Lord, and 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 confounded this language with this miracle thing and mind power that they had and what they used and 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 how uh, by doing that they stopped the building of of the city. They stopped the building of this great tower. They stopped the plan that had been imagined and that was that this whole city and this whole huge tower was just a minor part of what the whole plan was and they would have been able to do it it, it could be seen by the lord they're going to be able to do this we got it we have to stop it we have to intervene there was an intervention of god and and as a result of that because of that was the creation of the name babel or the name babylon so don't jump the gun on anything you say or anything you do. Get too cocksure about that the, that uh, uh, that the devil created the name of Babylon. Because if you say that, you take away the miracle from God. You take away the, the this incredible miracle when God stopped. Uh, 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 you know. Uh, when God stopped Nimrod in his tracks, when God stopped the building of the city, when God stopped the alliance of all these people that that were in one mind and that were that were moving toward uh, a plan that was actually to endorse uh, Lucifer, Satan, and and to move away uh, from the Lord. And the Lord is protective of all these people because, after all, these people are all his his his, his offspring, and, and they are being deceived. And so he came down. And he did, he came down. He came down twice, and he and he, he did mind battle, and and that's why you know going out there trying to do something in, you know with with flesh and blood. Uh, if we tried to do it, uh, we would go out there with armies, and we would kill and torture and 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 uh, destroy the cities and and destroy people, uh, even little children. But this allowed all the families to be intact, but it separated them. From, from from the evil plan, it separated them from the evil 
person who who was an agent of Lucifer Satan who as it describes in Jude uh, verse 4 uh, was of the ancient uh, t- type of uh, persons uh, who had crept in crept in unaware and people did not know who he really was wow wow and so uh, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. This was all part of the reason that Babel was called Babel, which means Babylon. And, and that is so very important. Uh, in Second Peter 5.13, it, it, Peter is writing about the church at Babylon, where the people worshipped. There, there was there was churches in Babylon in in the, in, uh, the modern uh, modern days of his time, uh, and so uh, uh, we can't always know what 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 the the, the plans uh, really are of God, and and all all of the reasons that God does things the way God does it, unless we have. Uh, a total uh, revelation. If we don't have the revelation, then we end up losing out. We end up not not coming into the powerful revelation of the truth and what the real reason for the Tower of Babylon and the real reason for the city of Babylon and and the other associated people. The other thing, the name uh, Nimrod, when you go deep into the Hebrew and you get into the word uh, 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 Mirad uh, actually means rebel. So his very name uh, means all those things that I explained to you about infiltrator, about a leopard, and about a rebel. And and now we begin to understand who Nimrod really was. He was an infiltrator. Uh, he was an agent uh, of, of the forces of Satan. Now, <clears throat> there is this thing about Lucifer that often disgust me. I've heard uh, several different um, ministries preach about Lucifer and uh, say that uh, that that you know Lucifer uh, is not Satan, and and that whole story about Lucifer, you know that that that's actually about the King of Tyrus or about the Pharaoh. Uh, depending on whether you're looking at Isaiah 14:12 or Ezekiel 28:14 um, and so forth, but but the, the thing of it is is that um, uh, people just don't understand these stories. Um, they're in parables, and when it talks about the king of Tyrus, uh, the name Tyrus uh, means rock, and here we have the counter. Of, of, of Jesus Christ, the rock of ages. And if we, if we miss out on this thing, uh, and we start uh, taking away the word Lucifer, and saying, now that, now that just talking about this earthly king and has nothing to do with Satan, you absolutely are being robbed of this incredible plan and of this incredible history and, and incredible knowledge that you need to know. Because Lucifer, which means morning star, is a counter of Jesus Christ, the bright and morning star. And so they both sort of have the same name. And that all goes along with this whole story of when Lucifer tried to take over uh, the, 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 the angel group of the Ophanim that belonged to uh, Yahweh, Jesus the Christ, and 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 he he was uh, in the Bible uh, put in a position 
as uh, the anointed uh, cherub, and he was the covering cherub, and he was put in position uh, to to be over the angels during a special time of creation. And that's when he decided he wanted to be, uh, you know, uh, over all the stars, which are the angels of, of God. So as, as you know, we, we see these things and understand these parables and the relationship and the interpretation of them and how that Lucifer, the, the name uh, as it relates to Tyrus, the rock, he wants to be the rock of ages. He wants to not have Jesus Christ be the rock of ages so he's taken his name he's the bright he's the bright and morning star Jesus is the bright and morning star he's got the same name Lucifer means the same thing that's the parallel that's the negative and the positive that goes throughout the whole Bible if you miss that and you start chopping away some of these truths you destroy the whole picture the whole story the story not told and so it's so important to leave those things alone. And when it talks about, you know, the Pharaoh and, and, and all this power and that he is the anointed cherub, the Pharaoh would never was a cherubim angel. And, and so the Pharaoh was only a parable. Uh, as a, a, in proxy of the story that was describing who, who Lucifer really was. Now, uh, I'm sort of running out of time, but I want to throw this one other thing in. This is sort of deep, and I don't want to put you into the phantoms uh, of, of the, uh, you know, bottomlessness of some vast uh, deep ocean. But but um, there is a place uh, in the Bible uh, where it talks about, you know, uh, uh, this whole thing of of, uh, Lu- of Lucifer, and um, it it's very very uh, revealing and and very interesting uh, to to uh, to read it. Let me let me turn here. Um, uh, let's see here. Let's go to let's go to first. Let us read these. Let's go to Isaiah 14. Let's read these just real fast. Uh, I don't want to you know take go too late here. Um, but Isaiah 14, and uh, let's just uh, uh, put this in perspective so that you can really see some of these things and how that this this plan is going on and, and how that you have to be aware of it. Otherwise, you have no ability to war against the principalities of the darkness. You don't even know who they are, what they are, and you have to know that in order to to you know to understand. What it is that uh, that the Bible is really really talking about? Okay, here we are. Um, so it talks about uh, uh, verse four: Thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon, and thou shalt say, How hath the oppressor ceased? The golden city ceased. The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked. Now that's interesting. Staff, Nimrod. We know that in the positive side Psalms 23 thy rod and thy staff they comfort me which is equivalent to what the Holy Spirit does is comfort so that's a really powerful uh, instrument and and here it is um, described as um, a uh, a wicked thing you know that uh, that uh, the the staff has, uh, you know, the uh, the Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, and the scepter, and that's another name for rod. Both staff and, and scepter can be used as as uh, uh, an interpretation of rod. Uh, the rulers, the principalities and the powers, he who smote smote 
the people in wrath with a continuous stroke. And that's a whole teaching of a method that uh, Satan uses to uh, overcome people. Verse 9. Um, Hell from beneath is moved to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead, even the chief ones. Um, there is uh, a time when Lucifer will actually come down and take a body. And, uh, and, uh, will, uh, you know, uh, take a human body. And uh, the Bible says that when that happens, verse 10, uh, all they that uh, speak and say unto thee, Art thou become weak as we? Now you become a human like us. Why thou, thou art become like unto us. And, uh, and then it goes on to verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Uh, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. And it goes on in verse 17, You made the world as a wilderness, you destroyed the cities, you opened out the house of the of the prisoners, and, and uh, on and on and on. Uh, an incredible, absolutely incredible uh, revelation. Uh, Isaiah, what a man of God he was, to be able to have uh, such a revelation. What an incredible man of God that he was. And how that people in his time that were the priest and and um, were into their uh, traditions uh, must have mocked him and refused to accept such a story as Lucifer. Uh, how that they would they would have you know such such a time uh, for Ezekiel, uh, the twenty eighth chapter, and we started with verse twelve. And uh, skip down to verse 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, uh, and gold, the workmanship of thy tablets, and the pipes which prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub, which is, which is singular for cherubim. These cherubimic angels that covereth and I have set thee so you had this job this was your, given your job you were set as the covering angel and you were upon the holy mountain um, you you uh, were in, empowered that means put in this place of power uh, you walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire you were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you now this is definitely talking about Lucifer now this thing about these um, these all these different kinds of diamonds and stones this is a very special revelation and it's about co-uning now that C-O dash U-N-E co-un or C-O dash U-N-I-N-G co-uning and what that means is when uh, a person who has reached a point uh, or a level of being able to be an archangel, they are able to co-oon. That means that another individual can enter and join that that uh, uh, archangel and co-oon with that archangel and they become one. Uh, they occupy, uh, occupy the same space. Um, it does not mean that it would be impossible for that 
entity that became one with with uh, 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 Lucifer to uh, be able to separate and come out and do a special work because that's what happened with Jesus. Jesus, who uh, was and Melchizedek, who are co-owned with the Father, were able to come out of the Father and and as a, as a super individual entity and and do their special work. Well, the same thing holds true because whenever something is bound on one side and it's bound on the other, whenever it's loosed on one side, it's loosed on the other. Whenever something of a nature that a co-owned individual on the God side is able to come out and do a special work like Jesus Melchizedek, then that is allowed also on the opposite contra side with Lucifer, who is who is also an archangel, who also uh, has uh, many many co-ownings, and all these different co-ownings that are mentioned here as stones are all of the different kinds of of individuals uh, that were co-owned with him, the different types: the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold. All of those are are different types that co-owned with him, uh, and and he has a large number. So this uh, Nimrod, uh, you know, uh, is very similar to like um, uh, the son of perdition. The son of perdition we call the son of Satan. Uh, he was co-owned. He was co-owned with with Satan. He was one with Satan, uh, and that refers to both the son of perdition and with with uh, this um, uh, you know uh, uh, person who we are desc- describing as as uh, you know uh, the one, the, the you know the uh, king of Sinar. Uh, you know uh, the the nim nim the, the uh, nimrod uh, uh, this person who has such power who is unlike he's you know mighty person on earth there's no comparison uh, he was co-owned and he came out and he came uh, from these ancient times so he is not an ophanim neither is the son of perdition an ophanim now the son of perdition if you had the peace bible you'd be able to read in it you'd be able to see how that the son of perdition uh, even back to old prophecies in the old testament was was actually an original part of of Satan, of Lucifer, and and that his whole allegiance uh, when he became uh, Judas uh, was was to become uh, um, uh, part of the plan of of Lucifer uh, to destroy the the plans uh, of Jesus, and and he never was part of those who were, uh, who of the disciples that was in the hand in the hollow of Jesus. Jesus kept all of those that was put in his hand, and it did not include uh, Judas. And I, you'd have to hear the whole teaching on that to really have the the, um, the confidence uh, for, of verification. And I'm not doing that right now. But but uh, these uh, in the fourth verse of Judas, uh, pardon me, in the fourth verse of uh, uh, of uh, the book of Jude, uh, persons that are the ancients that slip in and creep in and uh, unawares. Uh, some of those persons, you know, they aren't ophanims. Uh, they aren't. 
the fallen uh, you know angels they in in the same sense that the ovenims are because they are actually they are actually uh, cherubims just like uh, Lucifer but they had koun uh, with with Lucifer and they are totally uh, a part of his mind and his way of thinking and they are a hundred percent loyal and they're not going to change and when they came out uh, of him to do this super individual entity work uh, they are going to be loyal to him to the end and and because they are you know they are a cherubim like he is and and so uh, you begin to you know you begin to see some things here uh, your mind is uh, being opened uh, to where uh, you can you can really uh, catch uh, uh, incredible uh, insight uh, this revelation about Amraphel uh, being uh, you know uh, the same same person as uh, as Nimrod uh, this king of of Sinar, uh, all all these things about Lucifer, and and all things about these people, uh, is really really important. But there's one last part that I want to to throw in here before we for now conclude, and that is that when God brings about a thing uh, such as Babel, Babylon, uh, which was uh, the confusion of tongues, then uh, he always makes it right and thus the Holy Spirit which for many generations was only available on an individual basis to particular persons he suddenly uh, by his grace and love and power made it available generally to all the public of those who were willing to receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and so we see in the book of Acts I think it is the, uh, you know, the, the second chapter. And let me turn there just real fast, uh, because this is this is very important. Um, Acts two, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared cloven tongues like as fire that set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now listen to this. There were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came and gathered and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were amazed and marvels, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these that speak Galileans? How hear we ever man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Now Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judah and Cappadocia, Cappadocia and Pontus in Asia. And it just goes on naming all these these places uh, and nations uh, that on that time of the Holy Spirit being given, that suddenly there was a renewal where the where the, the people were all able to speak the tongues of all the other people, and and so in the plan of restoration, in the plan of God, in the plan of balancing equilibrium-wise, um, the force is dark. Um, and to not let it be said that these people were were divided by God, and, and God created Babylon, God created Babel, of uh, which God created the name that we know for sure, uh, 
that uh, God now chose that particular time on that day of Pentecost to to make that gift to be available. Uh, and I understand that gift because, uh, you know, I have spoken in tongues and I've spoken in uh, quite a few different languages. Cherokee Indian, I've spoken, you know, in Hebrew, I've spoken uh, by the Holy Spirit, not using just the regular interpretive uh, uh, knowledge, and I've spoken uh, in, in uh, Spanish, uh, I've spoken in Hindi and Chinese, and there's in most cases been people in the meetings that understood that language and were able to come up to me and sometimes even interrupt the meeting. They were so uh, profounded with the things that were said in their language because it was a message directly to them. And, and, and uh, I was able to speak these languages and I I didn't even, uh, some of which I didn't even know, uh, like, you know, Chinese and Hindi, Hindi and, and those languages uh, uh, and so forth, I didn't even know. So uh, I know it's, it happens. I know it's real. Uh, I know that God has a plan and that God is showing us in this revelation about uh, uh, Babylon. Uh, I do not have the time to finish that message. I will try to complete it another time. Uh, uh, but it, it, it is, you got a lot. And, I'm, and I don't know how soon we'll be able to get this whole message put together and on tape for you to be able to listen to again. But we will uh, do the best that we can. And we just thank God for all that is happening. I would, I would want to remind you before I do the Gentile, I want to remind you that, uh, that there's a new blog. Uh, and, and there's a new post and they're both uh, pretty outstanding and you really should take the time to read them now I'm thanking God you know for all the healings and, and that's going on uh, there's a lot of Gentile healings happening I just got this uh, letter uh, from a, a, a lady uh, that um, um, uh, has had some really deep sickness and uh, just you know really had a lot of pain in her life and uh, uh, she wrote this letter t- talking about her her healing and uh, and the condition that she had uh, she had this condition uh, that's called MS and I'm sure most of you are familiar uh, with what that is so uh, that's pretty a serious uh, you know illness to have and her body on the right side uh, was numb and she could not feel anything when her little daughter would come up and run her hand on her arm or the left side of the body uh, it was just numb she couldn't feel it she couldn't feel a pin prick it she couldn't feel pain uh, if she spelt on herself uh, and you know burned herself she wouldn't be able to feel it and she had that condition for 13 years and I I began to do Gentile on her and she wrote she says that uh, in a, after several days she began to get feeling coming back into that side just a little bit here a little bit there and then it just kept increasing and increasing to now that she's got feeling back in her left side and she says I never thought that I would enjoy feeling pain in my in my left side that I hadn't felt pain for 13 years but it's such an incredible thing to have feeling back in my left side of the body that was numb for, for all those 13 years and, I, and it's, it's amazing you know what God is doing so tonight we want to do uh, a little Gentile uh, we want to we want to I really want to concentrate on the immune system it seems like there is a, a 
uh, a plague right now uh, across uh, the world where the immune system is being attacked and and uh, people are uh, you know uh, not being able to fight off diseases so I want to uh, to do Gentile uh, for asking that God uh, strengthen the, uh, the this immune system and all the listeners. I want to remind you I'm not a doctor. I'm not in any way uh, putting down or against doctors, hospitals, clinic, nurses. I thank God for them. Thank God for the work they do. And this is an alternate uh, way of healing. And uh, God has allowed it. He made the body to be beautiful. And what Gentile does and what Gentile means, Gentile means generative touch. It's a spirit-to-spirit touch. Uh, the, the healing that has been going on for years in the, in the churches has been uh, body-to-body healing, uh, laying on of hands. Uh, with this particular gift, you don't need to lay your hands on anybody. You can just do it spirit to their spirit. And so it is more along the line in which the Lord says uh, the day will come that, that you know, you'll ne- neither be involved with this one mountain on the one side or this other mountain, these two religions, but the day will come that they that worship God will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Uh, we're truly coming into that time of the spirit. And our uh, brains and and uh, which are our physical human brains and our our spirit uh, uh, which has its own level of uh, intuitiveness and, and consciousness um, is able to do incredible things. And what we're involved in is sending a message to the brain and, and uh, unblocking and, and, and uninhibiting various things in the body and in the brain uh, that are adverse uh, signals that are stopping the receptors of the body from being able to, to perform so that people's uh, body are working like it was intended for it, uh, that those bodies to be working by God. And so when we speak these words into the body, the body identifies uh, those words as being from their own body because we use electromagnetic energy, and, and that does not have a fingerprint. And so the brain thinks it's its own um, messenger system telling it to do certain things, and, and it begins to obey. It begins to, uh, to uh, have the, the signals uh, uh, sent out and begins to unblock itself and begins to uninhibit itself, and all of a sudden, healings begin to occur. So here we go. We're working on uh, this thing of the... um uh, of those, for those who have immune system problems and and uh, hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary hypothalamus to thyroid, to the lymphatic uh, gland, to the parasympathetic to sympathetic neurotransmission system to the cerebellum, white core brain tissue spinal column, uh, messages uh, through through the medulla, messages through the pons, uh, down through the corpus callosum and to all the four hemispheres of the brain, uh, to the um, the parasympathetic system uh, to the white core brain tissue and spinal column uh, to the messenger system the hormones uh, begin to strengthen the hormones uh, and its entire uh, uh, system uh, that it uses uh, for purifying the blood uh, begin to uh, 
uh, deal emphatically uh, by strengthening it in, in such a way that that it is able to uh, use the lymphatic gland system uh, to purify the blood and begin to eradicate uh, any problems that would be inhibiting uh, or blocking uh, the the uh, empowerment of the uh, system of, of immunity. Uh, begin this process immediately if there's any inhibitors, if there's any blockers, if there's any messages anti to this message, they are now canceled. They are now removed. Uh, hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary hypothalamus to thyroid, to the metabolism, begin to send messages uh, into the body to um, support a, a broadening of the uh, metabolism base uh, so that the uh, implementation uh, of the metabolism can be increased uh, uh, in, in its operativeness. Uh, if there's any inhibitors, if there's any blockers, if there's any messages uh, that are indifferent or opposite of this, they are now canceled. Let these processes begin. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you for your time. Uh, God bless you. God keep you. Uh, we'll be looking forward to the days ahead. And there are many things that to say, but we I think we've taken enough time. God bless you.